Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. Now, you know, working in the ER can be super hectic. I'm moving and grooving, dipping and dodging, pushing and pulling and working up a sweat as I'm caring for patients. So it's important for me that I not only look good, but I feel good as I'm working. And that's why I wear Figs scrubs. Right now, I have on my navy blue Katerina one pocket scrub top and my navy Cade cargo scrub pants, and they feel great. They're snug and they stretch in all the right places. And they kind of make me feel like I'm floating as I'm running all over the ER. So hey, get rid of all those other itchy, boxy and stiff scrubs you have in your closet. Figs scrubs are unmatched when it comes to comfort, function, durability and style. And it's a bonus to know that they're made with antimicrobial technology, they're moisture wicking and anti-wrinkle. So trust me, you have to have a pair, or in my case, a wardrobe of fig scrubs. You'll be so glad you did. So head on over to wearfigs.com, W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com and enter Nurse Alice at checkout and get 15% off your next purchase. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist and family nurse practitioner. And right out the gate, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much to my night staff, my night nurses, my night walkers, my night superheroes. This episode is dedicated to you because of all of the wonderful things that you do on the night shift. You make it easy so family and friends can go home knowing that their loved ones are in good hands and our colleagues. They can go home, rest assured, and know that their patients are going to be taken care of well throughout the night. So thank you, night staff. And not only do I thank you, but nurse.org thanks you. Make sure to visit them on the website. They have tons of wonderful information, anything and everything about nursing from applying to nursing school, passing the NCLEX, what you can do and expect as a new grad. Maybe you've been a nurse for a while and you're ready to pivot. What are some other specialties you can go to? I mean, just anything and everything nursing. And also, make sure to follow them on social media. Now, night people, night staff. Now, I'm not forgetting about y'all days. There'll be an episode for you. But right now, I'm focused on the night folks. So this episode, I really want to talk to people about how to survive the night shift. Now, I actually, I work days and nights, very complicated. I'll explain it to you here and there as we go along, but I might be someone you consider to have a rotating schedule, mainly because I work different jobs and they require different things on different time schedules. So that's pretty much what my situation is. But we know that some facilities have actual rotating schedules. I know some places where someone's working six months days and they go to six months nights and then it's back and forth, back and forth. Or maybe you're someone who works night shift full time, or you might be someone who works days and occasionally picks up a night shift. Whatever your case may be, we all know that working night shift is not the easiest thing. I mean, there are demands on the body physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually. I mean, there are so many things that we're working against the grain on night shift that we don't even realize it. And so 
Some of the things that we're going to talk about today, I definitely want you to pick up on the tips because these are going to be the things that help you to not only have a good shift, but a good after shift. Because it's that after shift when we're home that, you know, we can unwind and enjoy life because we work really hard at work. We deserve to enjoy our time off. And if we don't set ourselves up for success, you can be like super upset and cranky and just yucky on your off days at work. Like I was thinking of the word, you know, when you're hungry and angry at the same time, you're hangry. So I don't know what the word is for sleepy and angry, sleep angry. Maybe we can hashtag that, make a new word. I don't know, put it on a t-shirt or something, but I've definitely felt like that. I mean, in fact, there are times where I've hated night shift and I've vowed that as soon as the day shift opens, I'm leaving. But then when I kind of get back into my routine and I do the things that I know I'm supposed to do, then my shifts go better and then my after shifts are even way better. So those are the things that I want to impart with you. And then as you're listening, if you there's something that I don't mention that you do that works well, hey, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know at nurse.org. And you know what? We can add that to our next episode, maybe bring you on as a guest and we can talk about it. So let's go ahead and take it from the top. We know that while the rest of society sleeps, thousands, if not millions of nurses across America are making our rounds. We're checking on patients. We're passing medications. We're doing everything and anything we can to help provide for people and help them, who, those who can't take care of themselves. And so working night shift is actually a necessity for our field. People don't, just don't go home at the end of day shift. People have surgeries and have to stay overnight. People are sick and need around the clock care. And so it's required that someone is there 24-7, 365 days, and that's us, the night shift folks, right? Now, while we're there working nights, like I mentioned, there's a lot of things that are working against us while we're at work. And I'm not saying that your, your boss or your, your co-workers are against you. No, I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about working against our own bodies, working against our own natural circadian rhythms. That's our sleep-wake cycle. So the circadian clock is essentially a timer that allows various glands to release certain hormones and also controls our mood, alertness, body temperature, and other aspects of our body's daily cycle. So for example, at nighttime, the body releases a sleep hormone called melatonin. I think we've all heard of that before. And then there's a waking hormone in the morning when we see the sunlight, and that's cortisol. So even though night shift people are awake at night, our bodies continue to produce melatonin after it gets dark, and it continues to produce cortisol in the early morning when we're off shift, sunlight's out, and we're trying to go to sleep. So those are some of the things that were working against us. So there have been several studies around the topic of sleep and night shift workers. And when it came to nurses, there was actually a study at the University of Alabama that indicated that nurses who work the night shift are more likely to have poor sleep habits. Duh. I think that's true. I didn't mean to say duh like that, but you know, I think it is what it is. And we've all had our issues trying to balance work as well as our personal lives. But you know, this lack of sleep can contribute to sleep deprivation. And it's very important that we get seven to nine hours of sleep. That's a little harder to do when you work the night shift. It might look a little different. It might not be consecutive hours. It might be broken up into two, four hours or one three hour, one four hour nap, those type of things. But it's still important that we get the amount of sleep so we can actually replenish ourselves because when we don't get enough sleep, it really impacts our physical health, our emotional well-being, our mental abilities, our productivity, and our performance. And you know, sleep deprivation can actually result in some very poor psychomotor performances, uh, which in turn can be associated with increased errors and translated to an unsafe work environment. And that's the last thing we need to do. 
because, you know, with the nature of our job, we need to be on point, guys. We need to be attentive. We need to have good critical thinking, good judgment, respond with speed, urgency, and all of those things. So we need to think clearly. We need to be well-rested, ready to respond, and thinking clearly. So that would require us to get more sleep. And not to mention, outside of that, you know, working night shift also puts it at higher risk for cardiovascular disease disorders and gastrointestinal problems and other psychological issues like anxiety and depression and possibly cancer. Man, kind of sounds depressing, but there are things that you can do to combat these things. And also let it just be clear and known that some people just seem to biologically be unable and incapable of adjusting to working night shift. So if you are someone who's having problems and struggling and you've tried many of the tips that we're going to talk about on this episode and tried other things, uh, it's going to be important for you to follow up with your doctor or your nurse practitioner, get a full health and wellness evaluation and see if there is something else that's going on with you or if you are just one of those persons who just can't work the night shift. I actually know a couple people like that. As a clinical nurse specialist, I've had the privilege orienting, oh my gosh, I want to say thousands of nurses to critical care already. And there have been a couple, I mean, all bright nurses, uh, you know, clinically uh, safe and wanted to work night shift or excited to have a job and everything like that. But they just could not work night shift. Like they would get physically ill and just like their emotions and well-being were all like to the left, like all off the map. And so we had to transfer them from night shift to day shift. They actually needed a medical note to do so to explain all of these things. But anyways, we got that done. And not that you need to wait till there's a medical note. You really need to work a shift that is feasible for your life and that you can actually work that doesn't cause you any harm. So while we talked about night shift and some of these risk factors and what it can cause and things like that, just know that there are still a world of people who do well with the night shift, myself included, right? Provided I do what I'm supposed to do and I set the boundaries and enforce them when I need to, because there are some times where people will try me, they'll try me. And listen, I'm not in the business of staying up and working all night and staying up all day to help other people do certain things that aren't necessarily a priority to me when I need to get some sleep. So let's talk about this. I have some tips that you guys can follow that will help you get through the night shift in a healthy and safe way. So this first tip is to make sure that your family and your friends are on board. Let them know, hey, I am working night shift, okay? They need to understand that night shift is not an easy job. It's not, oh, my patients are all asleep. I'm just babysitting. No, that's not how this goes. That's not how this works. Working night shift is actually very stressful on you. And you need to let your family and friends know that because many times you might find yourself on an opposite schedule as them. And so when you're home, they're going to take that as, oh, you're here, you can do something just because it's waking hours. And yes, you worked all night, maybe you got a one or two hour nap, and then they feel like they can invite you to do something or ask you to do something. And the answer is nope, you can't because you're tired. First, you need to rest from the shift you've already had, and you may need to sleep and prepare for the next shift that you're going into that very night. You need sleep. So remind them, don't call me unless it's an emergency. Don't ring my doorbell, don't text me, or maybe you can put your cell phone on on do not disturb but definitely let them know that there are certain times of communication and there are certain times where we can have our family nights or our date nights if it's your significant other so for example maybe you come off of your shift it's still in the morning 
maybe you take a shower, you, you have breakfast with your family before they go off to school and work and you go to sleep, right? So that's something that you can negotiate with, but let them know, your friends and your family, please don't try to make me feel guilty and invite me out. You know that I'm supposed to sleep and don't ask me to go somewhere right before I'm supposed to go to work. That's just selfish. Okay, so let's have them be more considerate because I had some friends, they used to ask me like, oh, do you wanna you know, have a, a late lunch with us? Girl, no, I don't wanna go to late lunch with you because we're not gonna go till two. It's gonna go till about five and I gotta be to work at seven. So that does not allow me to sleep. And there's probably going to be some adult beverages and some fatty foods, some sugary foods involved in that. And that's going to disrupt any chance that I have of getting some nap. So you got to let your friends and family know. It's not the end of the world, but you definitely do have to put yourself first. Okay. Also, when you go to work, right, when you go, when you go to work, it's going to be important to understand what the demands of your job really are. Okay. Not just physically and mentally, but emotionally. Okay, there's a lot of emotional stuff that goes on with nursing, a lot of ethical things, a lot of values and morals that play out into decisions that are made, decisions that family make. And so know that that's going to be an additional layer and be okay with that. So ahead of time, just prepare yourself. So if you're someone who maybe you already have some anxiety issues or some depression or some stress going on in your life. Definitely working night shift will exacerbate some of those things because you'll be put into situations where, again, not only one, are you working against your circadian rhythm, but you'll have these additional stressors at night, codes, probably heavy assignments. Um, you might get floated. So things that could boost your anxiety or depression that you may already have. So it's always good to kind of have a, and I'll say it, a therapist on board or on the line or some someone you can speak to. Now, it's good to have your friends, but your friends aren't therapists, just FYI, okay? And probably your friends talk about you when you're not there, so don't be telling them all your business. But anyways, it's good to have a therapist, someone to talk to, even if you don't work night shift, right? Just with everything that's been going on, you think of COVID and the dilemmas that we've been seeing, the situations we've been put in, the death that we've seen, it's important to have someone to talk to. So I myself, I do have a therapist. I use access my therapist online. There are various programs out there, but having someone that you can talk to or tap into when you're having a rough moment or a rough week is definitely going to be important because you might be kind of a semi-crisis or not a crisis, but then also someone who can help you maintain a state of mental wellness and health. So let's talk about things before they become an issue. Let's learn about boundaries. Do you have good boundaries? Can you tell your family members, no, you can't do this without feeling guilty because you need to sleep. So having someone to talk to so you can manage your, not only your mind and body and soul, but just feel supported. It's good to have these support groups. And then you also might find a support group of other nurses who work night shifts. So y'all can relate to the struggles. Now, when it comes to working on your night shift, you got to bring something to eat, okay? I know we don't usually eat at night because we think that we should be asleep, but you're not asleep. You're awake. And so your eating pattern should adjust to your activity level. So it's going to be important to make sure that you have healthy foods at your fingertips. And we know that working at night can increase our risks of different types of metabolic problems. So eating healthy is going to even be more important. So you'll need to prep your meals and snacks ahead of time. And not only can you save time and money, but it also gives you more control of what you're going to eat. So like the ideal 
lunch, if you will. I know it sounds weird to have lunch at nighttime, but your ideal lunch should include some protein along with some greens and some veggies and maybe for snacks, instead of having those sugary items, you know, instead of hitting up the vending machine, getting some chips in a Snickers bar or, or whatever. Listen, my go-to snack on night shift between the hours of 2 and 4 a.m., which was the hardest time to stay awake for me, was a can of Coca-Cola and a Snickers bar. Now, I don't recall the exact calories, but I'm pretty sure they were a lot of calories and empty calories, fatty and sugary calories, stuff that I didn't need. And that's how I was able to pack on the pounds on night shift. But hey, you'll want to avoid those. Now, if you you know have a nice little treat here and there, no issues, but don't make it a routine thing. You want to avoid snacks that are high in sugar because those will give you some short-term boost, but they'll be followed by a crash. So go for the healthier choices like whole milk, trail mix, high protein bar, something like that. And it's a good idea to eat smaller meals, frequent meals, and those can keep your energy steady throughout the shift. And also because you do work night shift and your sleep during the days, you may want to consider supplementing what you're eating with some vitamin D because you'll have reduced sun exposure, which could lead to some other type of uh, deficiencies. Something else you'll want to do on the night shift that's going to be very important is staying hydrated. I know it's work, it's busy, you got masks and gowns and stuff on. It's hard to kind of take all that stuff off to have something to drink, but it's going to be important, okay? Because coupled with eating healthy, staying hydrated will help you stay energized and stay alert, right? And that's what you need on the night shift. You really, really do. So if you can eat healthy snacks and drink water to stay alert, you can stay away from all the sweets and the the salty snacks out of the vending machine. And did you know that being dehydrated actually increases our feelings of tiredness? Okay, so avoid those sugary sodas and fruit juices, like I mentioned before, because it's going to make your blood sugar spike and then you're going to crash. But drink water, drink plenty, plenty of water. And listen, you're nurses. We love urine, right? When I see a patient urinate, I'm like, yes, the kidneys are working. Okay, so let's make our kidneys happy. Let's drink plenty of fluids. And besides, not only will we make our kidneys happy, but you will be in and out of the bathroom having to go pee. So you will definitely be staying awake. So that's a good thing. Okay. That's a good thing. You know, drinking enough water helps to regulate our body temperature. It prevents infections and helps deliver nutrients to our cells and it keeps our organs functioning properly. Helps with that cardiac output and cardiac outputs needed for good perfusion. Don't have me go there. Okay. (laughs) Because I will. But, you know, staying hydrated is going to be very important. But when I say stay hydrated, that's meaning drinking water. So, okay, if you have a cup of coffee, no problem, right? Some of us like that little kick of caffeine to kind of get our day started. No issues at all. It's when you do too much, okay? So too much sodas, too much sugary drinks, too much caffeine, too much of those energy drinks. Those are the things we want to avoid. And let me talk about coffee and these energy drinks. So the FDA has recommended that an adult dose of caffeine should be no more than 400 milligrams of caffeine a day. Beyond that, in large amounts and short amounts of times can actually be very harmful. Okay, it can actually, I've read there that if someone drank 1200 milligrams of caffeine in a short period of time, they can actually put them in seizures. Okay, I don't know what's in those energy drinks. I just know that one day I was sleepy and someone said, oh, here, try this monster drink. I had drank them. I drank two sips of the monster drink and I swear I had palpitations for the rest of the shift and I couldn't sleep when I got home. And the next day I had anxiety because I think it was the residual of this drink. Like I cannot do monster drinks, Celsius, whatever you call those drinks, no shade to them. But you guys, that is a lot of caffeine to take at one time. And caffeine is a diuretic. So you're going to pee it all out. It's going to increase your blood pressure, increase your heart rate. So no bueno. Okay. 
Now we know that caffeine, there's some studies that say caffeine can improve memory, mood, physical performance, but that's just for a short term. That's a short term thing. That's not a long term thing. So just be mindful that if you do have a little bit of caffeine that, you know, to just watch it and stop yourself before you get too jittery or strung out on it. Also, something that's going to be important to have a good night shift and after shift is exercise. I know you're like exercise is the answer for everything, isn't it? But no, really, it really is because sleep and exercise have a bi-directional relationship. I don't know if you knew that, but what that means is, in other words, and when you optimize your exercise routine, you can, can potentially help you sleep better. And then when you get an adequate amount of sleep, that can promote healthier physical activity and give you more energy while you're awake. So exercise, you can sleep better. When you sleep better, you'll have more energy to exercise and do activities. So that's the bi-directional relationship that sleep has when it comes to exercise. So, and also let me just say this, exercise is going to be extra important because like I said, on the night shift, we're at higher risk for heart disease, gaining weight, increased diabetes, all of those things, right? So it's going to be important to kind of have a well-rounded exercise program that includes some cardio, some strength, some flexibility training, and all of these things to decrease the chances of those things happening, to decrease any chronic health conditions that may develop as you work night shift over the years. And it's going to be very important to help you maintain a healthy weight. And it also improves your mood and your cognitive functioning, okay? So you're not over there just being cranky on the night shift, okay? Keeps you cute and keeps you sane. Now, let me say this about exercise. You're probably like, when am I going to exercise, okay? Listen, there are different studies that say when's the best time to exercise. I say whenever is the best time for you. Whatever works best for you is the time that you should exercise. And the exercise you should do is the one that you enjoy and the one that you will do. That's the answer to that, just like we would tell our patients. Now, the one thing I will say, though, is that there's lots of studies out there that show that intensive exercise especially within the three hours before you fall asleep, may negatively impact sleep. It makes it harder for you to go to sleep because of the increased heart rate, body temperature, and adrenaline levels. But hey, you may exercise yourself out until you're just tuckered out, tired, and pooped. Then that might work for you. So figure out what works for you and do that. Okay, just as long as you're able to get that seven to nine hours of sleep, that's what we're really gunning for. But now to go to sleep, here's another tip. You got to create the environment that promotes sleep, okay? So to do something like this, it's going to be important that you shut out all the lights and additional noise in your bedroom, okay? Because you don't want your sleep to be disrupted. We talked about sunlight actually causing cortisol to be released. So we don't want any of that. So blackout curtains are going to be super helpful. Maybe you can get a sleep mask where you cover your eyes and then as well sound. You may want to put some earplugs in, you know, depending on if you have a noisy neighborhood, like I don't know what goes on during the daytime, but you know, it can be really busy outside. So you may want to put earplugs in and then also decrease the sound of other machines and devices that are around you. Maybe like your, I don't know if you have a house phone or a computer or something that pings or dings, anything that pings, dings or rings, you'll want to, you know, turn that down so you can get some sleep. Maybe put your cell phone on, do not disturb, only allow important calls to kind of go through. I think there's a setting like that on the iPhone. I don't know about Androids, but I'm sorry if you have an Android. But I know on the iPhone, I think you can regulate that. And then also make sure that you your environment is cozy and comfy, like have a good mattress, good pillows. Make sure the environment smells good. I know that sounds weird, but like the smell of lavender, the essential oil can actually help be soothing and help you get to sleep as well as peppermint. That's another choice. And chamomile. There have been some studies that showing having plants in your room can help make it easier for you to sleep. 
Some people like to play meditation music or some white uh, noise in the background. Those are the things that you'll want to create as far as a, a sleep atmosphere to help you fall asleep well. Now, if you're someone who's still having a little bit of difficulty with those things, what's something else you can add to the mix? Well, when you get home from your shift and before you go to bed, if you take a warm shower and then get into a cool bed, the actual change in that temperature can make your body want to go to sleep. Some other things that you can try are having a small snack before you go to bed. So maybe some foods with tryptophan, right? That's an amino acid where when we ingest it, it's turned into a neurotransmitter serotonin that's converted into melatonin, and then that's going to help us go to sleep. So maybe some dairy products like milk, yogurt, cheese, maybe a turkey sandwich, something like that, but definitely nothing with caffeine. Definitely want to avoid the alcohol, which mimosas. I know some of y'all are going to go out to eat with your coworkers and go home, but not too heavy on the mimosas guys. Okay. Because while alcohol can be a sleep inducer, it can disrupt your REM sleep, which impacts how rested and functional you're going to be upon waking. So lay low on that. And perhaps you want to try an over-the-counter sleep aid like melatonin, right? So that's a chemical that's naturally produced by your body to help trigger sleep, like we've said. And by artificially introducing melatonin during the day, you may be able to shift your body's clock to accept kind of that flipped circadian rhythm. So that's something else you want to try. I also want to say when you are getting off shift, right? You've worked a long shift. You've been jamming all day. I know you did. I know you did. You dotted all your I's, crossed all your T's. And maybe if you didn't, you still worked really hard, right? Because nursing is 24-7, so don't ever feel like you have to complete everything before you leave. You really just pass the baton. But anyways, you may be exhausted and tired and so ready to go home. But when you get into that car and you finally sit down, like your eyes are heavy, like you feel it. You're feeling like this irritation because you're so sleepy and you just want to get home. But you might have a 20, 30 minute drive ahead of you. Are you really safe to drive? That's something I really, really want you to ask yourself. And as much as you want to go home and sleep in your own bed, and we want you to, you might not be in a position to drive. So if you are that sleepy, don't feel bad to maybe take an Uber, call a taxi or call a friend to come pick you up, right? Or maybe you just take a quick power nap in your car. So definitely keep a pillow and a blanket in your car for days like that. And it's okay, right? I would rather you sleep in your car than to have an accident on the road. Many accidents have happened on the road from people who are sleep deprived. And I'm raising my hand because on a previous episode, I shared that I hit a parked car trying to get home, okay? Don't be that person who's gonna roll the windows down, let all the air blow on their face, turn off the music, be on the phone with someone to talk you through getting home, that don't work. Because you know why those don't work? Because those don't do anything for your judgment and your ability to respond. Now, when you are sleep deprived, those things are altered, they're delayed. So it's gonna be important that if you're really, really tired, take a nap in the car or ask someone to come pick you up, okay? So we just want you to get home and get home safely. And something else that I want you guys to feel empowered to do, I want you guys to feel comfortable with minimizing your disruptions while you sleep. So what does that mean? It means don't commit to things during the day because other people expect you to, right? So you worked a full night shift, and then I guess if you looked at your calendar, it would look like, oh my gosh, he or she is not busy. Her calendar is clear all day. Well, that's because I'm supposed to be asleep. That doesn't mean that I want to set up a 10 o'clock phone call or two o'clock this or three o'clock that because I'm trying to sleep. So it's okay. So like, for example, you the delivery can wait. The delivery can either come early in the morning or come later in the evening. 
No one's going to wake up to sign something at three o'clock in the daytime because I'm going to be asleep. So, you know, you need to let Amazon or whoever's delivering to know or make arrangements for your delivery. Just like if someone worked all day shift, they wouldn't get up at 3 a.m. for a delivery. So you worked all night shift. There's no reason for you to be awake at 3 p.m. to pick up something when you're expected to sleep. So it's okay. So this also might mean you're passing on that day on the in-service, right? You worked all night. There's going to be an in-service at 730 in the break room. I ain't going to that. I am not going to that. And, I, you know, listen, manager, person, stop making things like that and expecting someone who's worked all night to then be awake, attentive and participatory in an in-service after a long shift. That is crazy. If anything, ask someone to come in 30 minutes earlier. So if you're supposed to be to work at seven, maybe the in-service starts at six o'clock. Come earlier to your shift instead of staying later. Okay, that's something that managers, directors, educators, CNSs, whoever arranges all that stuff, y'all need to work on that. Be better for your people because literally that 30 minutes of staying over can make a big difference, especially when we think of the circadian rhythm. Okay, you, I mean, I can't emphasize it enough. That nighttime, that daytime, you know, th- that light makes a difference. Now, and the last thing that I'll leave you with in this episode is Give yourself some time to adjust. Allow yourself some grace in this process. You are starting to work night shift. That's going to be a whole new experience for many of us, right? There's no point in sugarcoating it. The first month is probably going to be brutal, but give yourself time to adjust. It's a new routine, right? So you'll have to figure out where your non-work related activities fit in. You know, when's the best time for you to sleep? How can you move around activities so you're family, your friends, and your significant other don't feel neglected and you can still have somewhat of a personal life and still go to school or whatever personal things it is that you want to do. Okay. So give yourself some time to figure that out. And it's okay to communicate that. And it's okay when people invite you to do stuff, say, you know what, I'd love to, but I'm not sure that I can do that right now. Let me get back to you. You don't have to say yes to people when they ask you for stuff. Give yourself some time for grace. You may make some mistakes and some bad choices. I've done it. Listen, I have done it. I have worked a full night shift and then I needed to get to the dentist. And the only time the dentist was available was during the hours in which I needed to sleep. And so it was such a sacrifice. But you know what I needed to do? I needed to move the dentist appointment around my work schedule or change my work schedule. Listen, not everything has to revolve around work, okay? When there is a scarcity of certain appointments like, oh my gosh, I need to get an MRI and the only MRI available is this one day for this entire month. Otherwise, I have to wait two more months. Ain't no way that I'm going to let work trump that, okay? Now, some of y'all are on second and third warnings and notices at work. Don't let me get you fired, okay? But what I'm saying is have a conversation with your manager, whoever does the schedule, and let them know like, hey, I have an appointment I need to go to. I really would like to move my work schedule so I can accommodate because this is important to me. My health and my wellness are important to me. That's a better decision rather than just taking your shot, risking it all by working all night and staying up all day to do this and then having to be to work the next night. Like don't do yourself like that. You really deserve better than that. Put yourself first. You wouldn't instruct a patient to do that. So you shouldn't do that either. So give yourself some time to adjust. Your body needs sleep to restore itself, replenish itself and to rejuvenate itself so you can still be the best person you can be, not only for yourself and to your family and your friends, but also to your patients. Okay, sleep is gonna be so important. So all of these things that I talked about, I hope you're able to find one or two or many of these to apply to your 
regimen if you haven't already. If you're someone who's getting ready to do a night shift, listen, it's okay to plan, plan this out. You want to be successful. Anything that you want to be successful in, you have to work hard at. You have to plan ahead. Failing to plan is like planning to fail. Okay. So I hope you found some of those tips helpful and you apply them to the things that you do. And if there was a tip that I didn't mention that you know of and you want to share, please let us know at nurse.org. We'd love to hear about them. And again, share them with our colleagues because we want everyone to be successful. And we know that sharing is caring. So guys, I'm Nurse Alice. It's always a pleasure chatting with you guys. Until next time, make good choices, be kind to one another, and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.